Hello, Clarice. We can't transmit because something else is already transmitting somewhere close. The signal's strong. Train, how would what kind even... of transmission is it? could be a sat phone, maybe a radio signal. Can we listen to it? Let me get the frequency first. Hold on. Welcome to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, Stephanie and Cliff. Hello and welcome back to the Weekly Lost Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And we are coming to you with episode number 46 of our show. And this is a review of season 3, episode 1 of Lost, titled A Tale of Two Cities. Now on Wednesday, Stephanie and I came behind the microphones and we gave our initial reactions to the episode. Uh, now, not everybody was as pleased as I was with this episode, and in fact, I want to play or give everybody an opportunity who wants to do so. That's me blowing into the microphone. Okay. I want to give everybody that wants to an opportunity to disagree with us on how we felt about the episode. Because sometimes we disagree with everybody else. It, oh, it has happened once before, at least. Okay, but this first comment is coming from a man we will call the Cranky Lost Fan. That's not me. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie, this is Big O from the Lost Sucks podcast. It's just after the premiere episode of season three, and I've got two words for you to wrap up my experience. Nothing happened. Seriously, did I wait all summer for this? You know, about 40 minutes into it, I looked at the clock and I said... What? There's only two commercials left? They're going to have to cover a whole lot of ground really quick if they're going to make this go somewhere. And you know what? They didn't. Tell me what they covered that we didn't already know from the previews. We already knew where Jack and Kate and Sawyer were going to be. We saw all those scenes. Everything, nothing surprised me at all about any of that. Nothing surprised me about the flashback with Jack. That was all incredibly predictable. You have Kate, who's acting supremely out of character. I mean, seriously, she strips naked in the middle of the other's camp. Um, That doesn't sound like the Kate that I know. And then Fenry tells her to put on handcuffs. And what does she do? She acquiesces, puts them on. What is that about? So, for my overall opinion, I'd say it's beyond ho-hum. For me, this was by far the most disappointing season opener out of all three. Compare this to the pilot. No comparison. So much suspense and had you on the edge of the seat. Compare this to seeing inside the hatch for the first time and being blown away by the completely different world and and the fact that uh, Jack and Desmond knew each other. No comparison. So, if you think I'm way out of whack in what I'm saying here. Don't blame Cliff and Stephanie. Bring all your hate mail to me. Lost at BigO.org Or if you want to hear the rest of my rant, check out my podcast at Lost at BigO.org Again, that's Big-O.org And until next time, try not to suck. Big O that sucks. Shut up already. <laughs> Thanks, Big O. Uh, if you guys want, you can check out his podcast. It's part of the Lost Podcasting Network. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to say I disagree. I, I, I believe that 
uh, I think it's Orion. I believe that the problem that he's run into is that he spent too much time looking at all the spoilerish information because he knew all, he knew all about the cage. He knew where Jack was behind the glass. None of that was new to him, so I think that the spoilers kind of ruined it for him. So and, <coughs> stay off the spoilers. Well, that's one. That's one way. However, uh, he even said, "Remember," he even said, "Remember when we went into the to the hatch for the first time and this new world? I mean, hello, what was this new world on the island uh, that is the other city on the island? The little the village. I mean, that I will tell you." The first five minutes of Lost would have carried me. If they could have ended that episode right there, and it would have given me enough to go until the next week. I'm serious. I really enjoyed the first five minutes that much. Stephanie? She is speechless. I'm speechless. Um, well, I don't think that the first four minutes would have sustained me until next week. Um, I did enjoy, um, w- was even a little surprised to see that their little community is actually on the island. Because mm-hmm. at, at first we thought that they were... Flashing back to, what's the, like... What's the, what's the, commuting to oh, and from yes. s- Via somewhere the ferry. Else. Yes. Um, so, so I was surprised to see that. I do agree with... Is it Orin? Did Orion. you say Orion? Sorry, that um, Jack's flashbacks are getting boring. Were predictable. Okay. Yeah. I didn't say they were boring. They I'm going to talk a little bit about that in the exploring the right. island because I was a little upset about something with the flashback, but we'll get there. And um, and I didn't know that they were going to put Kate in the cage. So okay. I didn't see that coming, but go ahead. Uh, no, that's fine. Um, we're going to go ahead and move on to Eric. I see both sides. Yeah. I, I, Because I, oh, I'm a little even. I enjoyed <laughs> I enjoyed the episode. I really did, and I said this on Wednesday, but I think I did expect a little bit more action adventure, a little bit more high throttle. Yeah, you, know, you did You did express um, that. Full throttle, um, kind of. I, I, show, so. I agree they set it up for that, that this was going to a rock your world lost. Yeah. And, and it wasn't a rock your world, but... But uh, definitely, I thought it was good. But let's let's you know Eric Fisher. Uh, right. Let's check out and see what Eric Fisher thought. Hey, Stephanie and Cliff. This is Eric Fisher. Just wanted to give my initial reactions to the first episode of season three. I was disappointed. Sorry to offend all you Lostaholics, but I truly was disappointed with this episode. I was disappointed with the episode as a whole, but there were some awesome parts. I mean, the whole opening was amazing with the. Where are we? Are we in a flashback? Oh, we're not in a flashback. Oh, there's the plane. Oh, this is a village on the island moment. That was awesome. And yeah, it was good to see some more Jack flashbacks, but I just didn't feel the Jack flashbacks really did much furthering of his backstory as much as we really wanted. I didn't like how we didn't see any of the other cast members other than Jack Kate and Sawyer. Now, yeah, those guys are popular. Yeah, they're kind of, you know, high up on the list of, you know, oh, oh, you know, love triangle, blah, blah, blah. But come on, where was Hurley? Where was Saeed? Where was Sun and Jin in the boat? Where was Desmond and Locke and Echo? I mean, come on, right there. Desmond, Locke, and Echo are my favorite characters right there. Heck, even where was Charlie and Claire and all the people on the 
the beach. Come on. I know we'll see them. I know time will play out, and this episode will, you know, be the first step in the six-episode arc that we're going to watch, but still, it's a premiere. You want to come out of the box swinging, you know what I mean? They just didn't seem to do that. They had a good uppercut or two, but kind of let the round go. We've got five more episodes till November, and then we've got a break till, I think it's January, straight through. I know this is just a setup episode for the remainder of these five episodes, but come on, I expected a little more. Anyway, now that I've offended everybody, talk to you soon. (laughs) I love how everyone thinks that they're offending everyone by stating their opinion. (laughs) An opinion is just that. It's an opinion. Anyway. What opinions can offend? um, In Lost... Um, defense, they're very consistent in their season opener. Because if we think back to season two, which Big O talked about how it was all great and going into the hatch and everything, but they didn't mention Sawyer, Jen, and Michael, and Walt for that matter, um, in that first episode. You right. had to wait several several episodes in. So at least they're being consistent in the way that yeah. they are... Well, they can't tell the story of everybody. There are too many characters and on look, the show. And look, you had to wait a season and a half before you learned anything about the tailies. <laughs> so, no doubt. You know, it's... I, I can see some of his points where he's coming from, but I still do not consider this anywhere cl- close to a bad episode. I No, I wouldn't, <clears throat> it I wouldn't say it was lowered... a bad episode. I think that in the season opener, what we could have used was instead of having Jack flashbacks in the season opener, mm-hmm. we could have had um, Trio, no, the, the Trio being Jack, Kate, and Sawyer, and um, the fuselage guys on the beach. So, you know, beach, Trio, you know, rather than having a flashback. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think well, but I, it I, I is think, what it is. I think it. I think this. I. I think this episode sucked. Only if 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 I concede and say it does, which I don't. But the only thing su- that sucks about it is because I think that they cut out the most important things in Jack's flashback, which I, again yeah, I will you're touch on. Bring up right. Yes. So uh, let's go on to Jeremiah. Remember Jeremiah? Was a bullfrog. Jeremiah was Hi, a bullfrog. Hi, It's Jeremiah from Knoxville. I am calling to uh, give you some comments about the season premiere of Lost. Uh, First of all, I'm kind of annoyed that they are uh, trying to make us think that Kate will pick Sawyer. Obviously, uh, Henry Gale or or Ben is trying to get Kate to do that for some reason. But I I really doubt that's going to happen. I think Lost has better writers than that to um, just push her towards Sawyer, and then that actually end up happening. But who knows? They're creative writers. Um, also, I was just curious um, if anybody else noticed the trophies that were in Jack's office. Hopefully, we'll get to see what kind of uh, activity or event he was participating in to get those trophies, and if they have anything to do with his tattoos. And um, yeah, also uh, just a note about Carrie. Uh, Benry Gale, obviously not a fan of Carrie, didn't get invited to the book club, but also it's actually one of the 100 most frequently banned books of the past decade, according to the American Library Association, and that's because it's about a ridiculed and bullied uh, girl who's telekinetic and uses her powers to harm those that bully her, so who knows 
how how deeply Juliet identifies with that character, but I'm interested to see how that will turn out or if that will come up again. But I uh, really enjoy your podcast, and I uh, hope to hear from you soon. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Anita, a.k.a. Anit Girl, from Orange, California. And um, I listened to your podcast today, enjoyed it very much. And my thoughts uh, are, um, I was thinking for continuity's sake, that we now start calling fake Henry Benry. <laughs> and and then I was also thinking um, regarding the, the others being uh, surprised when the plane broke up in the sky above them, um, that from the way Benry was giving instructions, to me it indicated that they actually were ready for some kind of emergency situation like that. Um, so, you know, they were kind of surprised, but yet they were kind of ready too, is what I'm thinking. And then at the end of the episode where um, Juliet's demeanor um, towards Benry um, made me think she's not too excited about her role in, in what they're having her do but she keeps up with it because maybe Benry holds some kind of threat over her. And that made me think, try to remember, were there any kids in, uh, in that beginning scene of the episode um, when everybody was running out of their houses in the city on the island? And maybe there's something going on um, regarding children. Anyway, those are my thoughts. I will continue to listen to your podcast, and I'm so excited that the new season finally started. Thanks much. Bye. Lost Character Analysis. All righty. Thank you, Eric, and uh, thank you, Anita, for your guys' initial uh, comments. We are now on the portion of our show where we discuss the characters on this island out there in the middle of somewhere. So anyway, um, the first person I want to talk about, well, let, let's go ahead and talk about Ben and get him out of the way. <clears throat> there is a huge movement out there of people who don't know what in the world to call this guy. Uh, ben. His name is Ben. Now somebody said, well, you know. Character played by Michael Emerson. <laughs> exactly. Um, but there's the Benry, the Natsuhenry, um, uh, f f anyway, ben. I, I say Ben. Um, somebody had point said, and I'm not sure if it's in one of our calls later, or I read it in the forum, or in, in one of the many emails that I've got. <laughs> uh, but anyway, somebody said, well, you know, they only said Ben at the end. Well, the thing is, is when they said when she said his name at the end, uh, when he said, "Good job, Julia." Juliet. He, at the end, he said Julia. He said, "Good job, Julia." And I, I promise you, go back and watch it again at the end. I know her name is Juliet. Okay. But he called her Julia, unless it was just "Good job, Juliet," like that. And and it, anyway, moving right along. Go ahead. Um, <coughs> what was I gonna say? Not a clue. Oh, and she said, "Thanks, Ben." And yeah. that Jack did not see that, nor could he hear it. But even then, it, back in the book club thing discussion, mm -hmm. you know, Ben would never sit in his bathtub and read right. this book or something like that in the bathroom yeah he wouldn't even read this book in the bathroom and it's like well god or, or heaven forbid that i do something that 
that Ben wouldn't like. Right. I mean, it, they're obviously not getting along. Well, no, but, no. It, it uh, there's oh. obviously no losties in the book club right. audience there that they would say Ben. So yeah, his name is Ben. That's what I think. Okay. So anyway, let's talk about Jack. What do you think about Jack? I think I just seriously kicked my mic stand. I'm sorry. No problem. I definitely think that Jack's still in love with Sarah. I think so, too. And, in fact... I thought that before, but I think it's evident now. Yeah. <coughs> I Well, the thing is, I didn't think it was <coughs> excuse me, evident before. But um, I definitely felt that it, it, it was... I was... You know, I'm sitting here rooting for the whole Jack and Kate relationship. Right. But my first and foremost thought is that I would like to see Jack get back together with, with his Sarah. wife and reconcile their marriage. Obviously, that with that would just be my desired outcome, and so not uh, gonna happen. Yeah. Well, <coughs> anything is possible. Anything is possible. Anything's possible. But, but I this thought is it, TV. They don't reunite with their spouses. I thought it was neat that they did show in this flashback. That Jack, all he wanted to know is who he was, who he was, and at the end, he had he had the opportunity to ask the to question, and he instead he said, "All I care about is she happy," and I, well, I, think he I thought learned. that was a touching moment. It was because it shows that he learned what loving her was really about, right? Because and, at that moment, he became. What did she say? It doesn't matter who, who he, he, he is, is. It's who you're not. Right. And I think at that moment, he changed. I think so. I, I, I think I think that's exactly what they showed there. Now, what about Kate? Her wrists were pretty scratched up when she got put into the cage. A lot of time had it expired from the breakfast table to there. What happened? I don't know. Maybe they just beat her up. Um, I got an email from someone that put an interesting spin on this. And that um, I think all summer long I've been thinking, probably a lot of Lost fans have been thinking that, you know, Kate's... Well, they've said Kate's going to choose, you know. And I think we're just thinking of... The love triangle, you know, she's going to choose one over the other. But maybe it's more than that. Maybe Kate choosing is... It's not choosing who she's going to be, be with. with. But who's going to survive. Or, yeah, Kate, you know. They're going to so, kill either Jack or And finding Sawyer. that out after she, you know, cuffed her wrist. And then she's finding that out. I'm sure she's, you know, agitated and, and yeah. moving. I'm trying to I do wonder these hand if- wrists. That you guys just can't see. Yeah. I, I wonder if she tried to strangle Ben. Ooh, that'd be cool. That would be cool. So anyway, uh, that's uh, Jack. That's uh, Kate. Juliet. Obviously, she was very upset at the beginning. Not having a good day. No. I mean, things are going really bad. I mean, she she's throwing in the downtown music. And she's trying to get herself I mean, up you can, to... She's really having a rough time getting into the right kind of mood. Yeah, it's like... I don't it could even, just be that she's reading a really depressing book. But right. But apparently it's her favorite. But she she's you know trying to get up to the having guests. And you know, then she finds out her, her muffins are burned. Then she burns her hand. That's a really rough day. And then there's an earthquake that knocks well, everything. Well, no, first the dude accosts her in her own house about her favorite book. 
before oh, the Earth. Oh came. yeah, that's true. And yeah, it's like exactly. You know, she's having a bad live, day. What did she say? What did she say? <laughs> Um, right before the earthquake, she's like, well, the last time I checked, this was still a free, and then the earthquake happened, and so... Yeah, or last time, uh, uh, freedom of choice still existed on... Yeah, that's what she said. Exactly, and then we it's like... And you're like, on what? On... And the thing, well, here's the deal, is it, it was going to be, you could tell she wanted to say on this island, but they couldn't have said that, so they had to use the earthquake to cut her off. Because at that point we weren't for sh- we we did not know, know where they were they were on the right. island. But now if you go back and watch it again, you could tell she was going to say freedom of choice still exists on this island. So that was pretty it cool. Was cool. Anyway, Juliet, <coughs> Juliet, um, I don't believe uh, like some people do that that she's married to Ben. I mean, I don't know. Maybe some kind of love interest in the past, but no, no I just I think don't that, even see that. I just think that they. <coughs> different in their in their approach to what's going on on the island yeah because she said several things to jack um it doesn't matter who we were but who we are mm-hmm. um and you can trust me i'm not gonna hurt you yeah what's up with that you know and it seems to me like it's her responsibility to hurt her and it's like especially at the end it's like good job Juliet. right or Julia. I don't know which one it was, but anyway. Well, we'll go back and watch it again. No, I already watched it twice, and I, it, I, it's un- indistinguishable. Anyway. Um, turn on the turn on the caption. Okay. Hey, there's an idea. Read the script. I'll just go to the transcripts. Um, so, yeah, she says you can trust me. I think she, I think <coughs> she feels bad for Jack, and, uh, and especially I- when he said, you know, is she... Right. Is she happy? I think you could tell there was a little connection there. So, um, let's see here. The, oh, back on Ben. Is he the man? I don't know. I think but he's the man. But you know what? As creepy as I think he looks, mm-hmm. he has beautiful eyes. I don't think he looks creepy. I, I mean, obviously, he, he's made to look creepy. Yeah, he's a little spooky. He's got the voice that some people think is very creepy. I, I His don't eyes. Know. It anyway. There's a shot of him. I don't remember where in the episode, but it his eyes just. A Christian Shepherd. I wonder if there's still more to him than meets the eye. Um, <clears throat> I still question whether or not he's dead, uh, and if Ben is not the man, I would say Christian Shepherd is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still saying that. I'm holding on okay. to that for a while. It's not a crackpot theory, I don't think, because I, I, I just I know that they showed him. They talk about the autopsy, you know, but they can give administer a drug that makes you appear to be dead. Um, yeah, they've the, done it on the twenty four co- like the, seven times. The, the coffin was. <laughs> The coffin was empty. I mean, just all kinds of things there that just really make me think. Yeah, because a body can't fall out of a coffin while it's falling out of a plane cliff, obviously. Let's see. No, that would never happen, especially since the coffin was still closed when he got on the, found it on the island. Why was... And, and the pressure in the sky just couldn't open it, could it, baby? It, the, of course, there's this whole thing. He was getting sober. Was you saying something? <laughs> What'd you say? He was totally drunk off his... He, in Australia. Yeah? He wasn't getting sober. No. I'm talking about in this flashback. 
Oh, you, okay. Follow me here. Uh, you didn't say in this flashback, you said. I, I think I was about to. Oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> so anyway, in this flashback, he was sober for how many now. days now? 50. 50 days, <laughs> and then... Which, you know, I, I've grown up around a lot of alcoholics, and I know that those 50 days are precious. Mm-hmm. But um, also, to Jack, 50 days... It is crap because he has grown up his whole life yeah with an alcoholic father who did nothing but put him down yeah. and and beat him to the ground with his words every chance he got and, so and is it for the lady to say you know 50 days is something to us around here it is it, and it is something to them it is but it's not to, to the person who's yes. been affected their entire life but um also um, the longer. question is: Is it really Jack's fault that his dad left that that incident and no, went and got drunk? I don't. But Sarah made him feel that way. Sarah made Jack feel that way, but I don't think that that's Jack's fault because it was Christian's choice. Yeah. He's still a grown man; he still needs to answer for his actions. Yeah. And then uh, the last We're person still responsible for how we choose to deal with the things that happen in our life. Absolutely. The last person I want to bring up is the character Tom. Now, <coughs> we have, we knew from, <coughs> I apologize for those of you who are first time listeners. Um, Who's dying? I'm, <laughs> thank you, babe. <laughs> I am dying. <laughs> I'm getting over a severe case of bronchitis and I'm actually doing very well. If you go back and listen to two or three episodes back, you, don't it bother. Was, it was horrible. <laughs> But anyway, um, Tom is a character that yes. that I want to talk about. And in fact, there is a lot of buzz going on out there in the forums, in emails that I've read. And Matt pretty much says, uh, in summary, what people are saying. And, and I'm going to go ahead and play that. Hi, this is Matt from Ohio. And I was just calling about the season premiere. I um, have heard in the past that uh, the writers have uh, basically thrown out the idea that there might be a gay or lesbian character on the show, uh, on the island, and I uh, thought it was very interesting how Tom, a.k.a. Mr. Friendly, a.k.a. Zeke, uh, said to Kate when she said that she wasn't going to shower in front of him, that she wasn't his type, and um, I think uh, Kate is pretty much anyone's type that enjoys the ladies, so um, I think that might be where that storyline is going, so just a thought, uh, I love the podcast, and keep it up, thanks. Alrighty, Matt, uh, well, thanks for your call, and it's definitely an interesting theory, however, I'm going to have to uh, say that I have a different theory on why Tom said you're not my type. He likes blondes or <laughs> red. <laughs> no, it, it's not even that. It's it, it's well, what it, what did when uh, Hurley said what about my friends? What did Henry get or what did Ben say? They're going home with us. They're going home with us. Who and th- did somebody say? Well, who are you guys? And he says, we're the we're good, good people. Guys. We're the good guys, Michael. Isn't that what they said? Mm-hmm. And over and over again, it's like um, Goodwin told Anna Lucia, 
you know, it, they're they weren't what right. they weren't good enough or something like that. And so I think it, if you go back and watch it from this perspective, my perspective, you can see she's that she's evil, and he can't be. It, he believes that she's evil, that she is tainted, and that she is not a good person. Therefore, she is not his type. Okay. That, but I tell you, it's I'm, no, I, I'm not I, saying I gotcha. that. I, I I follow your theory more more than Matt. But I, I'm not I'm not sa- suggesting that the other is not possible. It's just why right. would why would they throw that in there? Because everybody else is. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> anyway, let's see if I can hold out for one more segment called exploring the mystery. We're lost on an island, running from boars and monsters, freaking polar bears. I've looked into the eye of this island, and what I saw was beautiful. Lost, exploring the mystery. Okay, a couple of mystery things. Um, does this village that we see, you know, as they fade away and, and show us where it at is in the middle of the island does this village represent their utopian society you notice that everybody's in a community they're all, all the houses look alike all the all, houses yeah. look alike what is the definition of utopia utopian is this perfect society of goodness where no then, no because there's there's some serious relational conflict relational conflict going on between Juliet and Ben and therefore um, if they had Utopia before then, it's gone now. Yeah. So, anyway, it doesn't matter where we are. All that matters is who we are now. That was one of those things that stood out to me. Who we were, not where we are. I'm sorry, what did I say? <laughs> you said it, it doesn't does- matter where we are. Okay, it doesn't matter who we were. <laughs> it only matters who we are now. Um, which means, which led me to this whole thing. Remember, I did the whole Walden Two thing about uh, B.F. Skinner, and uh, I'm nodding my head. Okay, she is. So anyway, um, you can do some research on Walden Two, the book, and and read the just the summary on what that book's about, and you'll see how that might tie in to this little thing. But anyway, that was just a question that I had. Uh, why don't we see any kids in the little neighborhood? Because um, they hadn't stolen them yet. They hadn't stolen them yet. That's right. Uh, they're going to go get some kids. Maybe they're like shakers. Have you? We've never really thought about that. Hmm. They could be shakers. They could. Poor people. Anyway. But, um, according to the forum, that would make a lot of people happy because there wouldn't be any sex in the episode. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> Kyle Hughes emailed me. Now, this this is where I will tell you that I think that had they not done what they did, I think that a lot of those people would be thinking, this Jack flashback stuff wasn't all that bad. Here's the deal. Now, Stephanie, you have this pulled up. Um, I want you to go ahead and... Uh, the question is, Kyle Hughes emailed me and says, Hey, what's up with this pr- promotional picture from the first episode by ABC? And it's uh, number 33. What am and I clicking on? What you have the to do. The ABC? No, link? not the ABC. The, the Ravenscraft.org one. I okay. want you to uh, hit, contr- hit the control button and then click. And that will pull up a new tab in our windows here. I want you to see the screen capture. Now go over to that screen capture and check this out. 
This and, and a kid in there. There is a kid in there. Now here's the deal. I, you're gonna see this in our show notes. In fact, I, I I believe if I can remember, Stephanie, I'd like to make this our album art for our podcast, so people can look down at their iPod or okay. in iTunes and see this. <coughs> anyway, it's kind of creepy. Tell, it, would you would you explain to them what you're looking at? Okay. Well, I'm looking at um, the room that Jack is being held in. The, hi- the, the tank in the Hydra. Mm-hmm. Um, he's laying on the table mm-hmm. with... He, he's kind of laying in like autopsy pose. Uh, <laughs> he's just well, laying he- flat out on his back, looking straight up. And in the corner, there is a little girl. A little girl. A little blonde-headed girl. Her hands folded shirt, together in front shirt, of her. jacket, hands folded in, in- straight down in front of her. <coughs> now. And she's looking at him. Here's the deal. It's kind of creepy. In the spoilers that were given, it, yes, definitely freaky. Um, in the spoilers that were given, we were told about a filming location where people were reporting that Jack, in a flashback, was being filmed saving a choking woman or a girl. I can't remember. I, I didn't see that. I okay. don't know. I, well, I don't. I know you don't check these. Things. I don't spoiler that much <coughs> because. Well, I did, and and I remember that. The scene in the playground, which we saw the playground, that's the very first scene where Jack is kind of watching, watching. Sarah. Uh, but anyway, there was there supposedly they actually filmed a scene which got deleted, I would believe, where Jack is saving either a woman or somebody from choking. And during this scene, it's reported that a little girl t- talks to Jack and says, "Don't trust Sarah." Okay? Huh. okay, a little girl. Okay. Now, and then, now that's what was reported, and these are people who saw with their own eyes and were part of the extra extras and stuff like that. Right. They said there's a little girl in that scene that says, don't trust Sarah. Okay. And then, in this promotional picture on the ABC website, shows this little girl from the playground. Poor little kid. In this room. Okay. And I'm thinking that they were going with a sci-fi twist in this story. And perhaps maybe it was um, an issue of bi-location. Where maybe a little girl from the island knew what was going on in Jack's life outside of the island in, in another part of the world. And she had bi-located to the playground and said, don't trust Sarah. But why would she go there at that point and say, don't trust Sarah? Because... <coughs> That's a good question. Sarah was already untrustworthy. Okay. And then, of course, Jack is here, and again, this girl appears. Obviously. And he it's not like he's... Okay. He's not... In the, I would not say he's hallucinating that she's there, because in my... In, in, in my perspective, when I'm looking at this screen capture from the promotional pictures of ABC's put out, this girl is standing there while Jack is still unconscious. Unconscious, that's what it looks like. I am telling you, I believe that she had bilocated in there. Just as if when when Mrs. <laughs> Clue asked Michael, has, has you say Walt was on the other side of the country, did you ever you see ever him, him appear... And places where he shouldn't have been. I'm going to close that now because it's really creepy. <laughs> it is a really creepy photo. <laughs> <coughs> so anyway, um, that's my that's my theory, and I think that had they gone to that, had they had they 
had they had the little girl say, don't trust her. Right. And had they shown the scene where that little girl appears in that room with Jack, dude, people would be saying, whoa, that is the most wild episode we've ever seen. So anyway, that's my little, that's my little (laughs) moment. All right, so anyway, uh, what are the two weeks going to be about? That's a good question. That's a mystery. That's a very good mystery I'm giving going you something on. to I, hold on to. I don't know. Because the next two weeks are going to be what? How did he say it? Oh, I don't remember now. Challenge? No. The next two weeks are not going to be fun. Pretty much. You're going to need to hold on to this special magical moment with me on the beach. He's like, I wanted to serve you breakfast and mm. make you feel civilized and give you a dress so you can uh, be a hello, lady. Clarice. Okay, I'm seriously not going to have... <laughs> I'm not going to get any sleep tonight between the little <laughs> Silence of the Lambs dude in my head and that creepy picture. <laughs> <coughs> that creepy picture is weird. Anyway, uh, what are the two weeks about? Let's see here. Why... And how do they have all of Jack's life story in the book? Now, is it really all of Jack's life story? I think it was. I, I think that look, this is your file. We ha- and I and think they've they only had f- like sixty five days. I'm thinking. Well, here's the thing. There's a lot of theories out there, and and I believe them that this ha- the Dharma and or these people have a military connection. And I mean, like top secret, ultra high level military connection. And so FBI files, um, CIA records. I think I think that that's where all that stuff comes from. Okay. So so I think if anything, it proves even an additional theory or additional proof that they are connected to the military and 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 high ranking intelligence. I think the breakout attempt was staged with Sawyer uh-huh. to get away. I I think they were setting him up. I think you're... That Carl is one of them. Yeah, but the only thing I don't understand is why would they beat Carl up at the end? But Except to make it look... Maybe it was just makeup. We know they're good with makeup. Okay. Very cool. Uh, let's see here. Marius Montecristo has something that, as far as the mystery, what he thinks. And, and rather than me cough it out, do you think you could read that real quick, Steph? I certainly will try. Let me turn this. Oops, sorry, people. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was nice and loud in their ears. I said I was sorry. Well, okay. Go ahead. Okay. All right. The Dharma logo symbolizing the Hydra station is not only shown on the wall in the hatch that Jack is being held prisoner in, but it's also found on the very large pipe-slash-dome-like structure right outside Sawyer's cage. This illustrates that the Hydra facility is a pretty large zoological station and is where the others are keeping all three prisoners. Jack, Kate, and Sawyer. Excuse me. There are a few things that prove the other's affiliation with the Dharma Initiative and a few things that don't. Um, Disprove number one, during one of the conversations between um, Jack and Juliet, the following was said. Um, I'll read Jack. It's an aquarium. What? This thing for, let's see here. This thing's for like what, sharks? Dolphins too. We're underwater, aren't we? Yes. Is this one of their stations, the Dharma Initiative? They called it the Hydra. So you people are what's left over from them of them? That was a long time ago. 
Okay, go ahead. Her answer to Jack's question was, they called it the Hydra and not we call called it the Hydra. Call slash called it the Hydra. Um, this gives... This gives reason to believe that the others were not part of the original Dharma Initiative group. They could be the people that the experiments were being implemented on, or a um, separatist group from right, yep, group from the original team of Dharma scientists, or possibly another team that the Hanso Foundation hired and placed on the island for a completely different purpose. Um, prove number one when Jack this asked, is proof that they are possibly right okay go ahead I'm sorry just want um, to point that out when Jack asked Juliet so you people are whatever's left over of them Julie, Juliet replied um, that was a long time ago since she didn't say yes or no and responded with a reference into the past this gives the possibility that at one time the others were in fact the original team of scientists for the <coughs> Dharma initiative or at least present during the Dharma occupancy <laughs> thanks Another statement by okay. an other reference to the past was the following. Number two. When Sawyer figured out the trick to the feeding machine, T Tom came by and said that the bears did it in two hours. How could he... How could he know how fast the bears figured the machine out if he wasn't part of the original research team? Um, that's all for now. Thanks again for all the work you guys put into the show. Can't wait till the next episode. Hope you're feeling better, Cliff. Say hi to Steph for me. Hello. Hi, hey, he says hi, Steph. Yeah, hello. Until next time, you two take care and stay lost. We will do that. And to round out and finish up the Exploring the Mystery we have a brand new segment called The Reference Desk, and this is from Lost Cleo. It's been a long time Hi, this is Stephanie, also known as Lost Cleo, with your clips from The Reference Desk from Season 3, Episode 1, titled Tale of Two Cities. Let's get right to it, shall we? In the news, the October 2nd issue of Time Magazine has an article about Lost in it. On the cover above the title is a headline saying, Why TV's Future is Lost. It starts on page 78, and the article includes a two-page photo spread of the season three cast with Kate and Sawyer facing each other right in the middle. I'm wondering if it's a hint or if it was just an artistic decision meant to tease us. The subheadline of the article reads how a weird cult show that should have been canceled helped TV into the new media era. And I'm not sure where the writer got the idea that it was a cult show and why it should have been canceled, but there you have it. So the first two paragraphs of this article read, There are no simple answers when it comes to Lost. When we left the addictively weird serial about the survivors of a plane crash on a desert island, we had just made a startling discovery. The island is linked to the world outside. That revelation, while it seems small, was momentous for fans. It destroyed a whole bunch of theories, for instance, that the characters were dead and in purgatory. So as season three opens, the question on most viewers' minds is, will there be more present-day glimpses of the outside world? Yes, says executive producer Carlton Cuse, but executive producer Damon Lindelof interjects that he might not use the term present. 
there are a lot more references to the geek appeal of Lost, and I'm not sure it's really meant as a compliment. Now, I am unapologetically a geek, among many other things, and I feel that the attempt to pigeonhole all of Lost fans into one small, uncomplimentary category is to miss the diversity that is Lost and its fans. Uh, this theme of geekitude continues through the rest of the article with an unflattering comparison to Saturday Night Live's John Lovitz and his portrayal of the minutia-obsessed Star Trek fan in one skit featuring William Shatner. This writer, whose name I would only butcher if I tried to pronounce it, does give technology like DVRs, DVDs, and the Internet props for the major impact it's had on television and the way that Lost tells its story. Quote, the mystery of Lost and the opportunities for cyber analysis turned it into TV for the post-TV generation. Besides stoking interest, technology has affected the kind of storytelling Lost can do, unquote. This article is definitely, definitely worth reading. Certainly the two-page photo spread is worth a look. And you can find a link to the online version of the article on the Generally Speaking Lost Forums, located at ravenscraft.org slash lostforum. And you can look for the Lost in the News topic. Okay, so now we're going to move on to some more episode-specific stuff. Um, first, I'm going to cover the books. So this episode was titled The Tale of Two Cities, which is a Charles Dickens book. I have a link where if you want, if you really want to, you can read the book online, and I'll place that in the forums. It contains a lot of themes of dualities. In The Tale of Two Cities, the, the two cities are Paris and London. And I think that at least on this episode, the two communities that parallel that are the prison that Jack, Kate, and Sawyer are in, and the really nice community, the others, that we saw in the first 10 minutes. And then also there's the love triangle that goes on. In The Tale of Two Cities, it's Darnay, Carton, and Lucy. In the tale, in uh, Lost, obviously, it's Jack, Kate, and Sawyer. The book that the group is reading in the opening sequence of this episode is Stephen King's first published novel, Carrie. Now, the plot of Carrie has to do with a teenage girl who has telekinetic powers who is ridiculed by both her mother and her fellow high schoolers. In a fit of anguish and anger, Carrie unleashes her powers and burns the school, her home, and a bar down, as well as killing her mother and many of the students that ridiculed her. The book is more about the cruelty of adolescence and has themes of bullying and dysfunctional family than anything else. If there are any connections to loss beyond the continued homage by the producers to Stephen King, it may be the theme of supernatural powers, especially where Walt is concerned. It's the third and last book reference in this episode, and it's Alice in Wonderland. In Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland, Alice encounters a variety of objects with labels on them, such as Eat Me or Drink Me. And when she follows those actions, her physical shape is transformed. One of them makes her smaller, one of them makes her bigger. So the label on the locker in Kate's shower room reads, Wear This. And the contents of the locker is a dress, which transforms Kate into a lady, in the former Henry Gale's words. For more information about these references, you can go to the Generally Speaking Lost Forums at ravenscraft.org slash lostforum and look for Season 3, Episode 1, A Tale of Two Cities. This has been Stephanie, a.k.a. Lost Cleo, with your clips from the reference desk. Thank you very much, Stephanie. In fact... Uh, You're welcome. 
<laughs> okay, Stephanie Alford, thank you very much um, for putting that together. Uh, what, I think that was awesome to have all those references. Now, the original reference desk for this week, her first one, was 11 minutes long. And you could kind of tell that there were some cuts in there. That's because I edited it down to about five and a half minutes. So, anyway, if you want to hear the entire um, 10 or 11 minute reference desk from Stephanie... Uh, she had a whole lot more to say about this episode, and you'll see that in the show notes for this podcast episode number sixty or forty-six. Um, let's see here. Next up is Lost in the News. Lost in the News. This just in: people like ketchup on their eggs. <laughs> you want to explain to them why that's news, Steph? I can't believe that I'm, I'm still not used to people just hearing everything we say. Not even hearing everything I say, I can, I can handle them hearing it. But thinking that anything I say is important <laughs> because did you say something important? Yeah, maybe that's why I'm surprised that that people would actually hear what I have to you know. Anyway, listen. And Are hear. you suggesting that I don't ever listen to you? Not at all. Okay. It's my other husband that doesn't listen. <laughs> awkward anyway, silence. So, I'm not being awkward. Hey, I've got my voice back. For now. Go Can ahead. I? Okay. So, when we recorded Wednesday night for our initial reactions, I said, Ew! About ben the- put ketchup on his eggs. <laughs> to me... To me, that is gross. And now, would you believe... I have a child that puts ketchup on their eggs. So, that that's fine. If that's how you need to mask the flavor of eating your eggs, that's fine. I just personally think it's gross. I got a private message on the forum. <laughs> I got a private email. <laughs> we had people- No one telling me that I was... One person did, did write me and say, I agree. Um, I agree a... Ketchup on your eggs is gross, but everyone else says you're wrong. You're wrong. Here's here's the funny thing. There are some people have been. They said I've been a long time listener to your podcast, and, and this never, is the first time I've ever written in. I've I've never called in. I've never emailed, but I had to this time. In fact, they registered to our forum for the first time just to post in your section of the forum. To say that they, they started didn't like a thread eggs. about their eggs, and the funny thing was because I got this personal email, you know, sent to my Stephanie at Ravenscraft.org, and the subject line was eggs, green eggs and ham. <laughs> what, kind, what kind of stupid subject is that? I had no idea what they were talking about until I read the email, and I'm like, oh my gosh, how can they actually? So anyway, they were. Upset. I choose. I I I, I put this on the forum, but. I do choose to mask the flavor of of my eggs. I don't. I can't really eat scrambled eggs with just plain. Like you can't just put them. A little pepper and they're good to go. No cheese. So if I'm gonna fix two <clears throat> eggs, I'm gonna have one and a half pieces of cheese in them because I I mask the flavor of my eggs too. Stephanie has so a couple. Uh, just a I little bit of a egg little with bit of, her cheese. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty, so that was that's very but important. It's lost very news. important. Ketchup is the favorite. It is like one of the highest posted items. Put the items. ketchup away and try the cheese. It's really good. Oh my goodness! Anyway, <laughs> uh, moving right along, Edith Boaster. Uh, Edith Boaster. <laughs> <laughs> Edith, Boaster. Now, Edith Baker posted. 
in the generally speaking podcast network Lost Forum uh, that there is a new official video podcast. And, uh, well, check it out. It's pretty cool. In fact, one of the things that they've done now is gone to this video format. They made it available in the RSS feed for the original pot official podcast, finally. I was kind of upset that there was like a day and a half to two days where I thought they were going to call this a video podcast, but only make it available on the as a video on the ABC site. <laughs> I was going to have a real problem with that. Not that they do that. I mean, they ha- by all means, they can keep their video on their site, and we'd still go find it and watch it. But just don't call it a podcast if you're not going to give it an RSS feed where people can subscribe to it. Anyway. Gotcha. But it is in a podcast form now. It is subscribable. So now you can watch them say you know rather than just listen, right? That's right. And and they said that they're upset that they're not going to be able to go without wearing their pants when they record. Anyway. <laughs> we got an email from Rachel in Wisconsin. She wrote in to say that Evangeline, Evangeline Lilly was on the Ellen DeGeneres show. And that uh, you could probably go to lostlinks.net within the next couple days and they'll eventually get Did I forget to set that timer? No, I just didn't tell you that one, did I? Anyway. I think you mentioned it to me in passing. Now, there was this... uh, Two weeks ago, I played a special new segment that we were going to give it a try. And it's called the Fan Fiction. That was last week. Was that... It was two shows ago. (laughs) Two shows ago. It was last Friday. Okay. So, anyway, like four months ago, we did this thing with Troy Price, and he he read some fan fiction from a website. Yeah, but he picked some... He picked a Sawyer Kate Yeah, we, we can't thingy. go there on this show. No. So, anyway, um, he's, he's submitted another one, and uh, we're going to see how this stuff turns out. Perhaps we'll do an official... Matter of fact, I'm going to request that somebody go to the Generally Speaking official listener poll section, and in my name, or just go ahead and start up. Uh, your your thoughts on the fan fiction. Here is one about Danielle. A vignette titled Secrets, written by Maybe Dark Pink, found on the Lost Fan Fiction Archive, edited for broadcast by The Man. Danielle remembers Paris in the winter, the snow falling as she walked along the banks of the Seine, hand in hand with Robert. Let's stop here, Robert said. Why? she asked. He turned her to face the icy river. It's beautiful. Just like you. Thank you. Robert reached into the pocket of his coat and pulled out a box. Inside, a ballerina twirled to soft music. Robert smiled. Do you want to know a secret? I love you. Years later, on an island in the tropics, Standing over Robert's corpse, the gun still in her hand, Danielle whispers, Do you want to know a secret? I love you too. That was a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so go to the Generally Speaking uh, Podcast Network what, what Lost Forum. What was that song that Loudon sang tonight? Loudon. Cliff and I just got back from um, Tall Stacks here in Cincinnati, and we went to see a concert with his dad. <laughs> and we took our children, which was probably really wrong. But um, what was his L- Loudon Wayne, Wainwright the Third? I think anyway, sure. he sang a song about um, a husband and a wife getting in a fight, and now she's in the morgue with a guilty conscience and a broken heart. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, is that what that song? It, you forget that I don't listen to words. The song. No, you don't, do you? I, but I do remember. It was hilarious. Died of a guilty conscience and a broken heart. Yeah. I remember that part. So anyway, that's... is that what that song is about? Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> anyway, where where were we? Do you remember? So so go to the generally speaking lost forum. Look in the listener polls for GSPN. And let us know what you think about this um, fan fiction. Should we continue on with this segment? However, I'm going to ask you. Please understand, Troy Price is a human being. Okay, be so nice. be nice. Don't say anything negative uh, because... He might answer the way I do. Yeah, I doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Hey! Hey! What does that mean? Yes. Colonel Locke, is this line secure? Line secure, go ahead. Hey, Cliff, Stephanie, Toy. This is Michelle from Texas. This is Kim from Indiana. Josh from California. Jennifer from Florida. Sam in Tucson. Kimberly from California. Paul in Memphis, Tennessee. Listener feedback. Target area is acquired. We are a go. Roger that. Alrighty, do we have some listener feedback or what? Uh, just a couple things. Let's see here from Kyle Hughes. Quick note about the premiere. He says, I'll skip all the rambling and tell you I was simply amazed. And uh, let's see here. He says, the song that Jack was listening to in the car was Moonlight Serenade by Glenn Miller. Uh, it's the same song that Saeed and Hurley picked up on the radio in the long con. Uh, although you discussed this the first time, the song was... Uh, featured, remember that he did disappear, the guy who wrote it disappeared in a plane crash. So uh, it is kind of odd that they used the same song twice, twice, but they also did a, they, well, they used Patsy Cline twice anyway. Uh, Adam Dean, will you go ahead and re, uh, read The Sawyer so far? Sure thing. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie, it's the Gunslinger here. I was enjoying some of the extra features on the DVD and was particularly excited to see the segment on Sawyer and his nicknames. Um, it was good, but I felt that there was something missing, so I went back and recorded each of Sawyer's nicknames from Season 1. I was going to record this intro, but I am sick, and I figured you would not want to hear me hacking into the microphone. Hint, hint. <laughs> so without further ado here is the Sawyer So Far part one shut up Lardo Doc. sweetheart Bear Village sweet cheeks the French chick boy Al Jazeera jackass pork pie metro the magic forest the mighty hunters light sticks Mr. Miyagi the new sheriff in town the louder Omar Bella the ball the doctor and captain falafel Jacko sport Muhammad amigo boss sweetheart St. Jack. Commie Sharefest Cave Town. Freckles. Cowboy. Chico. Golly. Jungle of Mystery. Freckles. Easy jackass. Dr. Quinn. Damn Arab. Woo, boy howdy. Freckles. Stay puff. Tattoo. A reject from VH1 has-beens. Dr. Do-Right. Freckles. You some sort of navel-gazing, no-fun mopey type? Sweetheart. Daddy. Crock! Has-been pop star. The little limey runt hoss. Oh, 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 jungle boy. Genius. Mommy. Sassafras. Sheriff. Stick it. Chief. Bruce. Betty. Short round. Mama Cedar. Kato. Chucky. Yeah. Baby Huey. Chief. Sulu. Mickey. Pudding. Boy. Sweet cheeks. Freckles. Kazoo. Do about hey, that. You and Chewie want to slow down a second and talk to me here? <laughs> Thank you very much there, <laughs> <Okay>. Gunslinger. <laughs> Thank you, but... 
I like so even less now. Somehow running them all together just make him it just more doesn't of help just him a out. crank, you know? Do you remember how much we did not like Charlie? I love Charlie. I wonder if they could ever turn it around for Sawyer. I doubt it. Okay, moving right along. Mm, Why don't you go yeah. ahead and read from Novak? Okay. This, this. Anyway, go ahead and just read from Novak. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that says. The smarmy carny? Yes. What is that? I don't know, but that's what it says. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay. Or I don't know what he means by it. Um, hey, Cliff, normally I agree with you on most points, but I am sorry to tell you that you were flat out wrong on one particular issue. <gasps> Benry's voice is indeed creepy, even creepier than the eyes. Every time I hear him speak, I'm reminded of another creepy character that spoke in much the same man- manner. Um, I'm including a brief soundbite for your convenience. Uh, hello, Clary. It does sound just like Ben. I told you, it's creepy. It sounds just like Ben. And the more I will you give play you that. it, the less I'm sleeping. Anyway, uh, let's see here. Now we have. But I agree. His, his eyes and his voice are creepy. Creepy, creepy, creepy. I think mysterious. About as creepy as the little girl standing in the corner in that picture. I, I can't wait to people go to our show notes and take a look is, at that photo. I mean, the only thing that'd be horrible. Is if I go to do the show notes after this and I forget, I forget to, put, to it put it in, they would kill me. No, they would. But um, I- I'd hand you up on a blunder. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> what was that all about? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, is Lost turning creepy on us? Are they? Are they gonna? I don't know. Ooh, anyway, like um, totally off subject. Heroes totally creepy. <laughs> Good show though. Good show. New show on NBC. Um. I'm, Heroes, I'm, I'm totally in, creepy, I'm missing brains. <laughs> I'm intrigued, but if they don't get rid of all the gore. It's very gory. I don't like gore. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's unnecessary gore. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. What's next? Uh, a lot of listener feedback. These are all voicemails from the listener line, which anybody can uh, call oh, us up at area code 413-521-0958. And we're going to start off with Steve Hartman. You're just going to play them back to back? Hey, guys. Well, love the podcast. This is Steve from New Jersey. Um, I guess I just wanted to share an idea I had with you about pushing the button. The whole idea of pushing the button and having a man push the button and not a machine pushing the button is um, kind of what I'm thinking. You see, pressing the button by a person instead of letting the machine do it. See, the idea is, you know, a person has to input these numbers every 108 minutes and hit execute. Okay, well, when they were developing whatever computer program this was, that they're executing, couldn't they just set a timer that every 108 minutes it would it would execute on its own? So the idea is that a person has to be there in order to be pressing this button. So maybe there's some experiment bigger than what we've seen. You know, it goes beyond just pressing a button. It goes beyond writing down what you see in a notebook and dropping it into a tube. You know, something much bigger where if there was ever any type of a disaster and everyone on the island died, the machine would know that because there'd be no one left to push the button. Um, and again, I, I, this is not my theory. This is a theory that I've heard, I believe, on the My Theories podcast. Um, I can't remember who exactly said it, but, you know, I think it's a great idea, a great theory, and I really haven't heard anyone else really talk about it, and I think it's worth bringing up again because... There would be no show or there'd be no 
pushing of the button if they had just programmed it to go off every 108 minutes you know so why you know why should we push this button you know what is it about the fact that a person has to push this button and, and does that really matter you know maybe maybe we're reaching too far and we should just not think about it so much because it's really it's a show and if they had programmed it to go off automatically then there'd be no there'd be no button there'd be no hatch and it would be it would be pretty boring so that's my thought um, keep up the good work guys thanks sorry uh, if I rambled on but um, you guys are doing a great job so keep it up thanks bye thank you Steve in fact matter of fact that is the first time I've heard that and I'm kinda surprised because that just makes a lot of sense that the reason why they wouldn't automatically program some kind of uh, computer software running on the system that automatically hits whatever relay switch uh, is the human factor and therefore if somebody doesn't push it therefore the numbers do not get executed and therefore would send some kind of signal to the outside world that something had gone wrong and so that makes a lot of sense and uh, thank you for calling that in Steve Hello, this is Andrew Gardenhire calling from Washington, D.C. And I was calling about the season premiere of season three. And I thought it was an excellent episode. Right when it was over, I didn't like it very much. But after thinking about it, I was really impressed. I liked the parallel between Jack and Juliet and their relationship with their spouses. You know, I, Ben and Juliet and Jack and his ex-wife. And I have a prediction that Jack is going to be, you know, is going to, pick quote-unquote Juliet and uh, I think because Kate asked her Sawyer first she's going to pick Sawyer also because they're right across from each other in the cages and I have one quick question uh, how do they have sound from the orientation video as we see in all the orientation videos they only have the film reel I was wondering where the audio came from you know from the episode you know from all the episodes so that was my question love your podcast love lost excellent job guys keep it a good work Andrew, the answer to your question is that um, in some projectors, they actually were able to encode the audio into the same film strip with the film, and so that's how they would have the I audio. I have a question for Andrew, though. How did he come up with that Juliet and Ben were married? There, well, there's a, just totally... There are a lot of people speculating that, and I disagree that they were married. Uh, in fact, I still believe that Ethan is married or was married to Juliet. Or Juliet, um, because he was, they, you know, he obviously was working on their plumbing or something uh, outside, and he's still working on that for you. Now he could be the maintenance guy of the island, obviously, and working on it. But I kind of got the feeling that, you know, he was, he was her husband. Anyway, that that's my thought. Uh, next is Andrew. Now Andrew calls in all the time. And we really appreciate Andrew. And normally, I would take a 2 minute and 58 second call from Andrew and edit it down to like a minute. However, at the end of this, he did not realize what happened when his phone hung up. So I'm going to play this whole thing in full glory. And we're going to have a cool little chuckle at the end. This is Andrew from Salt Lake City, Utah. Someone who listens to your podcast has to have an American Express card because... ABC's website was blocked unless you had a card last night. Um, just wondering if anyone has the info on the pieces that we missed. So people who have American Express cards, please help us out. Um, I want to talk to you about the show real quick. Um, thought it was freaking awesome. 
I had some few questions. Was that Tom being worked on when Jack was the doctor? Was that Tom laying in the hospital bed? Um, I did think Sawyer was acting like a hamster in a cage when he was in that cage. Um, let's see, I thought, I wrote these down on a piece of paper. Uh, I think it's fishy how Ben, who is Henry Gale, didn't like Stephen King, the Carrie book, but in season two asked Locke, I think it was, do you have any Stephen King? And he's like, no, we're all out or whatever. Um, I thought that was <laughs> fishy. Um, I did want to say that Claire was on Jimmy Kimmel last night. They already made fun of uh, Lost. They had uh, Billy D. Williams as Henry Gale on the beach when he was offering Kate breakfast, and, and uh, Billy D. Williams was just talking about how good his sausage was. Um, and then uh, Jimmy happened to ask Claire any info on the show on the upcoming season. He's like, who's going to get the next DUI? <laughs> she started laughing. He's like, when are you guys going to find, find out that you need to hire drivers? So, uh, and why does Tom not think Kate is attractive? She was beautiful. She's taken two showers now. In three She's seasons. not good. So we do have to remember that. And uh, just thought I would say what's up. And Tom, I believe my theory will be that he gets killed. I'm going to say, I'm going to have to say Kate is going to kill him. So, um, I just love you guys' show. I can't wait for Friday. It was a big, oh my gosh. Um, very cool, cool opening season to hear Henry Gale go. Good one. Ethan, go. You guys can be there. That was freaking awesome. Well, good written show. Um, I can't wait to hear other people's series. Uh, and I appreciate you guys having a good podcast and getting me hooked because I felt like I was getting married at 8 o'clock Utah time. I'm ready to watch Lost. Like, I didn't answer my phone. Actually, someone came over. I don't even know who it was, but I think it was a door-to-door person because they went upstairs. And so, good thing he didn't come in because I would have made him sit and watch it with me then try to sell me what he was going to sell me. So, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Okay, listen real close. Downtown, where everybody goes. Downtown. <laughs> Wasn't that great? That's good. Thank you very much, Andrew, for ending your call with a little downtown. So, so Andrew said he said a couple things. He did. He said he said. What's <laughs> wrong with Tom not thinking that Kate's gorgeous? She's taking two shots. What else does a man want? <laughs> like no, like he said it like she's beautiful because she's taking two. I showers. know. What else could a man want? Ah. Uh, Anyway, um, he also mentioned, was it Tom on the operating table? or the You asked me that, too, and I don't think so. I asked because he... I had oh, heard you asked this. because he asked? Yes. When we were watching this before we recorded again tonight, uh, we watched Lost again, and I looked at it, and he does look a lot like Tom, mm-hmm. but I don't think it, it does, was. But the man, on the, the man in the bed is... Um, is? Significantly smaller. In well, it's a flashback. Wait, he could have put on some okay. weight on the island. Yeah, but the actor cannot lose that much weight and gain that much weight in the time it would take to record that show. Okay. Agreed. Thank you. Hey, Cliff, it's Stephanie. It's Jamie from Burbank again. And I just wanted to say that I was wondering if anybody had come up with the idea that maybe Juliet and Ben are actually Adam and Eve. They kind of have a leader, I was here first, five, going about them. 
And I also did pick up on... Okay, just a moment before we go Aren't any Adam further. Adam and Eve dead? Well, Adam and Eve are are dead on the island. That's the those are the people that John says perhaps we have our own Adam and Eve. But I don't think so cuz if they were going to do that, they wouldn't have named one of the people in the book club Adam. Right. Matter of fact, I I would have never picked up another name. I'm not one of those overly observant types, and it takes listeners like you to really kind of clue me on things. And so a lot of people think that I'm really smart and I'm really, I know all these things about loss. It, it's all you guys. So anyway, I'm sitting here watching it again tonight with Stephanie. And in the book club, one of the guys' name is Adam. And I think Adam's the one that said that, you know, uh, Ben wouldn't even read this if he was sitting on the crapper or something. <laughs> in the bathroom. Whatever. Possibly some kind of a vibe that they were a couple. Maybe it's just the... Uh animosity that Steph was talking about when uh, kind of break up and you're still stuck in a little cookie cutter community together. Anyway, great show and yes, I did vote for uh, the podcast on Podcast Alley and I'm waiting for my I voted sticker. So um, anyway, have a good day and we'll talk to you later. Bye. This is your official your voted sticker. Jamie voted! In fact, 155 people so far have voted for the Generally Speaking Weekly Lost Podcast at Podcast Alley. And in fact, we are still, every day from the first day of this month, we have been in the top 10 at Podcast Alley. Thanks to you guys. That's awesome. We are currently ranked number 8. And I have no doubt that we could stay there, but we will not stay in the top 10 on Podcast Alley Unless you, yes, you, no, you right there in the car. Oh, and you uh, walking through your neighborhood. And you walking on the treadmill. We see you too. Oh, and you there at work. You're not God. Just keep going. Hold on. Hold on a second. You there at work listening to this podcast right now. You there who just fell asleep because Cliff won't stop talking. You should be working right now. But hey, you're already blowing away your productivity. What's it going to hurt to go to generallyspeakingpodcast.com? And go to the voting booth. And what if they're not allowed on the internet at work? Well, then they wouldn't be listening to us right now. Because the person in the Just... cubicle next to them has been watching Lost episodes. Okay, forget about it. We don't need to be in the top ten anyway. It it, it only promotes our show and gives us exposure and stuff I like that. I wasn't saying don't vote. I said yeah, don't well, vote at work. Vote. I will find something to throw at you. Don't think I won't. Okay, do not vote at work. In fact, if you're at work right now, turn us off. And go home and listen to us. Hey, Stephanie and Cliff. This is Michelle from Texas. I wanted to call in about the season three opener, A Tale of Two Cities. And one word comment, wow. I was really, really impressed. I was glad they kept the focus to Kate, Jack, and Sawyer because I think they kind of let us kind of explore those three characters at first. And I'll keep my comments kind of limited. I, I thought the reason that Juliet looked I don't know, kind of sad or kind of reflective at the beginning where she was probably feeling conflicted about the work that she was involved in. And maybe there's some conflict with Ben. Some have suggested maybe a past relationship, but I think there's some conflict going on with her and Ben um, that we'll see more of. So great episode. I can't wait to hear more of your thoughts and everybody else's. Keep up the good work. Thanks. All Option bye. number one is great. Anyways, uh, Cliff and Stephanie, this is Alaska Brad. I'm uh, calling in because... I heard Cliff was going to talk less. Is that possible? Ah, I'm no. Kidding. 
my comments about the show, especially uh, for Jay and Jack, seeing how I subscribe to all the different podcasts, is uh, Jack's uh, guess that there was going to be an underwater hatch even brought up at, at Comic-Con and uh, the fact that they are underwater. And, well, I, it's a lab or is it a hatch? It's the Hydra, so I imagine it might be a hatch, but... Uh, Man, I I was just really elated, and my my heart kind of just jumped when I when I heard that it was a hatch and it flooded out and everything. That was kind of cool. Anyways, uh, that's my comment. Uh, take care. Bye. Hey, Chris and Stephanie, this is Maggie in Peoria, Illinois. I just wanted to call and say that I love your show, and I really loved the premiere on Wednesday. I couldn't tear my eyes away from it. I really think that. Um, ben and Juliet had a relationship of some sort. And I also kind of like the idea that that might not be their real names, that they may be using fake names like um, Miss, Mrs. Clue, you know, and, they, and Tom, and those might not be their real names. So can't wait to listen to your show. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay, so that's where I had gotten that from. I, I, and I think we already clearly discussed why I believe that those are definitely their real names. But thanks for your call. This is Tim from Lindenhurst, long-time listener, first-time caller. Great podcast. I really appreciate all the hard work you guys do. And Cliff, you do interrupt Stephanie too much. It'll be interesting to see how it turns out when she has her own side effects. Hmm. A couple thoughts I'd like to bring up on Season 3, Episode 1, Tale of Two Cities. When the plane was coming down, how did Ben, Henry Gale, know to send Ethan and Goodwin to the plane crash areas? I don't think they were expecting it, because he said there may be survivors. And then once they got to the plane crash, and they found all these people, and they got the list, how did they end up with all the dossier information? They had to get it from somewhere, because they didn't know they were coming in. Juliet asks, where were you flying when the plane, flying, flying from, when the plane crashed? So those thoughts lead me to believe they didn't expect the plane and they have been able to gather information on them after the plane crashed. What do you think? I think that they definitely were thrown off that it, it kind of hit them by surprise, which blows away the whole they were all brought there specifically for some certain sort of purpose. Um, however, um, I believe that the Juliet question, you know, where were you flying from? I think she already knew the answer to that at that time, um, but she was still she was trying to see how long it would take before Jack would really start to open up and answer some questions. So that's and my... notice Cliff still hasn't set me up with my own sound effects. We'll get those set up. Yeah, right. Soon. Cliff, that was the longest message I've ever listened to. I'm telling you, I had two birthdays. But anyway, uh, love the show. Just so you know, he's talking about the longest message is. The voicemail message, and I explained uh, last week or so uh, why that is. People, when you call 413-521-0958, which is our listener line, all you have to do is hit option number one, but put the uh, earpiece away from your ear because the beep is very long. So hit option one, and you're good to go. And that's why um, Alaska Brad said option one is great and two or three calls back. So is it long or loud? It The message is long. When you call our listener line at 413-521-0958, if I make the message only five seconds long, then there is a 35-second pause before you hear the beep. 
and people were hanging up before they would even uh, leave a message. They thought that it's just not working. Okay. So I have to leave like a 40 minute or 40 second. 40 minutes. <laughs> I have to leave like a 40 second long sure thing that takes like. it all the way up. Yes, it does. All the way up to the beep. And the beep is very loud. Okay. Okay. That's like calling my parents' house. Um, my mom says in in the message, um, you know, please leave a message after the brief melody. <laughs> it's like three minutes long. Then it plays a little tune for the beat. It's annoying. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, love you, Stephanie. This is Jeff Roney from Orange County, California. The one, the only. And uh, I know I only have a minute. <laughs> I only have. I know I only have a minute, so I'm going to talk fast now. Okay. Now, first of all, I do a lot of traveling. I was in the Dallas airport about a week or so, two weeks ago, and I saw Mr. Echo on the one of those little carts that take people back and forth on the huge Dallas airport. That's all. I don't have any pictures. I don't have any proof, but you can just trust me, and I did see him there on a cart back and forth. And... Can't wait till season three, and probably by the time everybody hears this, they will have already watched season three, episode one. So anyway, we all we all enjoy your show, and uh, we just hope uh, we can get, keep getting lost with you guys. So take care. See you later. Bye. Thank you, Jeff. And if I was in that airport, I would have yelled out, Mr. Echo! Anyway, moving right along. Then you would have been arrested. Hey, you think so? I'm Jose from Brooklyn, New York. I'm calling it's Jose. I'm currently listening to your podcast, and you made a to the fact that they that maybe Juliet is mad because because Benry um, sent Ethan out to to his death basically by uh, sending him to the camp of the Losties. So what I was thinking is they had an out of uh, falling apart uh, a little bit sooner than that. Juliet was a is it me, or is he driving a forklift while he's leaving this message on his no, cell phone? he said, didn't you hear? He said, this is Jose from Brooklyn. I know, but it's... it's exactly what it sounds like. Okay, let's finish it up. ...in the beginning of the episode, and when everybody ran outside because of the airplane crashing, Ben told Juliet, I guess I'm out of the Brooklyn, or something to that effect. So, I just think they he had so driving going that Forklift. caused them to have a little rift in their relationship prior to the prior to the to sending of Ethan. Maybe sending Ethan made it worse, but I don't think that's the entire reason Ben and uh, Juliet aren't on good terms. Take care, guys. Great podcast. Thank you very much, Jose. I think and he's walking. You no, know, I think he was driving a forklift. Jose, you got to tell us what that background noise was. That was cool. Hey, a good friend of ours left yes, a message. Yes, I saw this on... on Who is it? It's Scott Sheriff. Hey, Cliff. This is Scott Sheriff calling. And uh, I'm glad you like your new sound effect. Um, I wasn't sure if I, you guys talked about this or not, but I guess they've revealed what Dharma stands for, Department of Heuristics and Research on material applications uh, and I'm about to uh, watch a YouTube movie where somebody has actually clipped all those uh, pieces of video together to find out what the numbers mean and uh, on the Hounslow Foundation I also saw that they have 
now a picture of Alvar Hansel. I may be way behind the curve here. I've been too busy to do a lot of stuff, but now I'm sitting on a tour bus with wireless internet, so I'm getting caught up with my loss. And it's got a statement from Alvar Hanso, a picture of him where he reveals that Rachel Blake is indeed his daughter and that a worldwide movement uh, set against the dark entity that was Thomas Middleworks' regime. Thanks to them and his daughter, he has been exonerated and freed from his imprisonment. Thanks to the grace and foresight of the Global Welfare Consortium with the Hanzo Foundation, have been given a second chance to build a future, blah, 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 blah. So, uh, interesting that we finally get a picture of Alvar Hanzo. Not sure if he'll show up sometime in the show or if they've actually cast an actor or got it from stock footage. I don't have found out that yet, but uh, look forward to listening to your latest podcast and maybe uh, hearing that new sound effect. Okay, take care, guys. Bye. Hi, this is Zach from Bourbon, Illinois. Just wanted to share a theory that I have after watching the season premiere, which was amazing. Um, I think that the others are actually good people, as they say. And that's why they take the children, because they don't want them to be brought up in this island. Thanks for listening. Hey, Talk to you later. Bye. I'm Stephanie. This is Brad from New York. Great episode. Um, as far as if Ethan is her husband, I do not believe so. I believe her ex-husband is Ben, or at least her ex-partner um, is Ben. I want to say fiancé, boyfriend, or whatever. Um, I think it's interesting how Carl asked Sawyer how the people on from the plane were doing. How does he know there was a plane unless he was an other that's been now thrown in other jail, I guess. Henry's asking, where did they get a sailboat from? We're under the impression that Desmond has been on the island for three years, and during those three-year time, Kelvin was fixing up the sailboat. Why do they not see the sailboat in that three-year period? They've been all over the island, at least enough, you know, that they saw the plane crash, they, they knew about the balloon, you know, maybe it just didn't come from the sky, that's why they didn't know about it, but they've been all, all over the island, you figure they would have seen the sailboat at least once. Anyway, those are my thoughts. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Yeah, that, I, I thought the same thing. Yeah, totally. You know, in the and he's talking about, I kind of spliced his it, message it's because... It's in the preview for next week. Preview for next week, Henry, or Ben, is like puzzled. What? They have a boat? It, I agree. Three years Desmond's been on the island and they don't know about a boat. Exactly. But they know about every little detail of everything. I I agree with you, Brad from New York. I mean, they they know whether Sarah's happy or not. It's Brad from New York. Hey guys, great show! I just want to call and say that this is Ed from Lafayette, Indiana, and uh, I want to start by saying I want to thank. What? That's all he wants to say. I just want to call in and say this is Ed. Well, hello, Ed. Hello, Ed. He's, he's right across he the river from us. You you totally skipped right over letting me talk about Scott's. Oh, please talk about Scott's because I didn't realize you because, wanted to say something. Well, all I wanted to say was was he kidding? I mean, does he think that you're not going to play that clip over and over and over what again? What clip? I have no idea what no. clip you're talking about. Moving right along. I want to start by saying I want to thank ABC for putting the episode up for download. 
really helped those of us whose VCR didn't record the thing to start with. I really dug the episode and got such a kick out of uh, Zeke congratulating Sawyer on getting a fish biscuit. <laughs> I'm not going to keep fish biscuits for Christmas. Anyway, keep it up and can't wait to hear what you got to say on Friday. You can send us a fish biscuit. I'm glad I'm not in his family. <laughs> Alrighty, well that's pretty much everything uh, for our listener feedback. We really appreciate you guys calling in. I mean, that's really what we, we really, we all come together, we share our thoughts and our theories and our ideas, and although I disagree about the relationship of, of Ben and uh, Juliet, I don't believe that they were actually married, but I and and I have my own little thoughts and stuff. It doesn't matter if we all agree. And and yes, you can put gross ketchup on your eggs and stuff, but that's cool. Thank you very hey, much for calling. Hey, at least I in. eat ketchup. Cliff won't even touch it. Ugh. Anyway, moving right along, uh, we have just really one thing I want to say about um, the Generally Speaking Podcast Network, and here it is. <laughs> This is a Generally Speaking Podcast Network update. Very quick, just want to mention that the Generally Speaking Laptop Fund Drive has added another $35. I need to update the um, image file up on the screen. We were at 305 before, so this puts us at 340. Is that correct? Stephanie? Yeah. Thank you very yeah, much. I'm She's sorry, my... you were talking to me? <laughs> yes, I, and we have to thank guys. Uh, Hold on, let me wake up. We have to think, uh, think, think, we have to think, we have to Steve, think Steve Hartman, and, and Tim, Tim Lindquist very much for their donations to the Generally Speaking Podcast Network Fund Drive. I can't hear me anymore because I'm kind of slouching down. Well, you can now because I'm looking up, but. Okay. And so also, uh, thank you very much for donating to our laptop fund. Absolutely. As soon as we get a third computer in here, we will begin doing live Skype casts where you can actually listen to us live and if you want to be made aware of when those will be you want to live this is dancing <laughs> yeah no doubt uh you'll want to sign up for the mailing list which you can find at generally speaking podcast.com and while you're there go ahead and what can they do that would help our show uh, they can vote <gasps> they could vote for us that would be awesome so let's take a look at but what's not while you're at work not while you're at work Don't you want to know? This is Lost Away Bonnie from lost.about.com with the Lost Preview. The next episode, this Wednesday the 11th, is called The Glass Ballerina. It was originally scheduled to air as the third episode, but a few weeks ago it was changed to run as the second episode. So this means that we will have to wait yet another week to find out what happened in the hatch. Now, the synopsis from ABC for The Glass Ballerina reads, Saeed's plan to locate Jack places Sun and Jin's life in grave danger. Meanwhile, Kate and Sawyer are forced to work in harsh conditions by their captors, and Henry makes a very tempting offer to Jack that may prove difficult to refuse. Okay, so let's break this synopsis down. The first line reads, Saeed's plan to locate Jack places Sun and Jin's lives in grave danger. Now, the first thing I notice is that Saeed is trying to locate Jack, and there is no mention of Sawyer and Kate. So 
Jack was being held in the underwater aquarium, the hydra, while Kate and Sawyer were in the cages. So does Saeed know this? Or perhaps he somehow figures out where Jack is, and so he focuses his energy on saving Jack. I don't know. Uh, and whatever the danger that Jin and Sun are in triggers flashbacks. The flashbacks are Sun's, though may include some from Jin as they have in, the, in some of the earlier episodes where it showed both of those characters. And part of the flashbacks includes Sun as a little girl, which I am dying to see. The flashbacks also include Jay. Remember, Jay was a love interest of Sun's, but he ran off to America for love. He later returned and taught Sun English. And he wanted Sun to stay with him, but she was already married to Jin. Now, in these flashbacks, Jin is very angry. And could it be that he found out about Jay? We'll have to see. Now, the next part of the synopsis says, Meanwhile, Kate and Sawyer are forced to work in harsh conditions by their captors. The pictures, which can be seen on lost.about.com, show Kate and Sawyer in their cages, and Tom, also known as Mr. Friendly, and Zeke, um, Tom, along with other others, uh, takes Kate and Sawyer somewhere. Now, I am curious as to what happened to Locke, Echo, and Desmond, whom we last saw in the heavily shaking hatch. I am so happy to get back to the others. What I really want to see is their little modern town that we got at little glimpse of in the first season three episode. I don't know whether or not we're going to see that, probably not, but in the area where Kate and Sawyer are being held, we'll be introduced to a new character, Colleen, who seems to be very close to Pickett. Now, Pickett is that other who Michael came upon when he was searching for Walt. He took blood from Michael back then, and I'm guessing he was probably the one to take blood from Sawyer, Kate, and Jack, though with the others, they probably there's probably a few of them that actually are, can take blood. Um, in the pictures from the glass ballerina, it looks like Pickett is kissing Colleen's cheek. Now, Colleen looks like a pretty tough little cookie there, and she carries a gun on her hip. The last bit of the synopsis reads, Henry makes a very tempting offer to Jack that may prove difficult to refuse. Henry? Uh, we learned last week that his name is Ben, so why are they still calling him Henry? Probably to avoid spoiling in the press releases because the press releases for this episode came out before the last episode aired. So whether they'll be calling him Henry or Ben in future press releases, I don't know, but it really doesn't matter because we all know who they're talking about. Um, in addition to the people that I've already mentioned, we're also going to see Alex, who we suspect is Danielle Rousseau's daughter. Um, we're also going to see Mr. Paik, who is Sun's father and Jin's boss. And we'll also see Jay's mother. For more information and to see pictures from Lost Season 3, Episode 2, The Glass Ballerina, visit lost.about.com. This is Lost Away Bonnie. Stay lost. Thank you very much, Bonnie, for that. That was really good. But you have to start letting me listen to these clips beforehand. Why is that? Well, because I, I know people hate hearing this, but it's quarter after 12 in the morning. Uh-huh. Our time. Yes. And I just heard that, and Bonnie talks really fast, <laughs> and I'm really tired, and I'm trying to follow along, and I'm like, okay, I'm lost, and we're all lost, but I was lost, lost, and I'm starting to get a headache from <laughs> trying, trying to keep up, so you need to let me hear these clips beforehand and not... Okay. So I can... And when yeah. between lunch this afternoon, when I got it and edited it, 
And between then and now, would you like me to have played it for you? I don't know. <laughs> i tell you what, though. Tomorrow, after you're well rested, this will be up on the internet. I'll listen to it again. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys very much for putting up with us for a very long time in this podcast. Uh, very much a pleasure to uh, bring to you this show on a weekly basis. And you can always contact us by calling our listener line at uh, area code 413-521-0958. You can check us out on the website by going to generallyspeakingpodcast.com. And there might even be a little place where you might find out how to vote for us. We very much would appreciate your votes. Anyway, that's all we have. And until next time, Stephanie, let's Let's stay stay lost. lost. You have been listening to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. You can make our show even better with your feedback. Call our listener comment line at area code 413-521-0958 to leave your comments and questions. And please start with your name and where you're calling from. If you would like to contribute to our weekly podcast, simply click on the PayPal donate button on our website at www.generallyspeakingpodcast.com. Join us next week for another edition of Generally Speaking. Thanks for listening. Oh, hey, Steph. Another thing is you could always go to lost.about.com and read everything there. That's what I'm doing now. I know. I just thought I'd throw that in. And if you guys go to lost.about.com, there should be a place where I think you can leave comments on uh, Bonnie Koval's um, site. And uh, make sure that you leave a comment and say, hey, thanks for contributing to the Generally Speaking Lost podcast with what's coming up on Lost. And just so you guys know, Bonnie may be coming to us week after week with this special segment. So, again, that really is it. Thank you very much.